Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up? What's up? What is up? Back once again. It is the incredible in the black podcast. In case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown ass men who who like sneakers a little bit. But I oh, mean, yeah. we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll go into that. We'll go yeah. into that. I am your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. But as usual, I can never do this alone. I don't know who we're going to be because there's two light-skinned dudes on the show tonight, as there normally is, and I can't think of a group that has a whole bunch of light-skinned dudes. They lost soul. You know, that's that's why I mess with you. Right on, <laughs> right on motherfucker. Yeah. They lost soul. Let <laughs> <laughs> me introduce the rest of the lost soul. Else, say what's up, man? What's good, family? No doubt, no doubt. Tonight, we are joined by the incredible Rashid Darden, author extraordinaire. Rashid, what's up, man? Hey, everybody. How's it going? No doubt, no doubt. Now, tonight is a special edition of The Black Light. Of course, as you know, The Black Light is our opportunity to take a deep dive into the people and conversations that deserve the deep dive. And tonight we're going to have, we're going to get serious, but we're going to have some fun with it. So, um, but before we do all of that, L, please tell these good folks how they can become part of the family if they would like to become part of the family, man. Not only if you would want to, we need you to become a member of the family, man. Go ahead and head over to our website, uh, intheblackpodcast.com. In the right-hand corner, click the Become Family tab. There you can do a variety of things. You can buy T-shirts, handbags, toilet paper, all different types of things with the In the Black logo all over it. Uh, <laughs> you could also become a member of our Patreon and or you can just simply donate and we always follow up and with jokes and things along those lines about donating and asking for money because for one we know how sensitive black folks is when it comes to asking for money uh, you guys don't particularly care for that unless we're in a church then you just open up your wallets and pour all your money inside of the little well, hallelujah anyhow <laughs> So we're building our own tabernacle over here. So Amen. Go ahead and feel free to donate. <laughs> Come through, become a member of our team, man. We love y'all. No doubt. And you can check us out across all social media at In the Black PDCST. That's Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. So make sure you do that as well. Uh, L, please, let's do the check-in tonight, man. As always, man, we are consistently trying to focus on uh, Black mental health. Uh, so we have instituted and brought in a PIES check-in. PIES is physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. We tend to either do some details on each one of those, or we do a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being trash, 10 being good. So I will start. Physically, I'm exhausted. Uh, my children, their allergies are kicking up. And if you don't know anything about little kids and runny noses, uh, listen, man, uh, <laughs> my poor babies have been nothing but, I won't reduce them to whiny little person, uh, little people, but they've been really struggling with their sinuses and things along mm. those lines. So we didn't get much rest last night, me and my wife. Uh, fingers crossed that we get at least three hours tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> intellectually, I'm doing well. I am, you know, this, the, this semester is starting off today. Uh, so I'm, you know, doing well now. <laughs> uh, about another week or two, probably not so good. Different story. I can understand. <laughs> Emotionally, man, I'm I'm trying to get re-energized. Uh, trying to get some strength back emotionally. This weekend was uh, emotionally heavy and rough. Spiritually, you know what? Spiritually, man, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, hmm. With some of the topics that have been taking place on social media lately, that I've been engaging with, That's I'm added to some your spirituality. People, because I'm seeing some people start to, you know, look at some things a little bit more critically, a little deeper, and uh, ask some of the more difficult questions, which is actually strengthening their faith. Uh, so I feel pretty good. 
Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Who wants to go next? I'll give it to Rashid, please. Um, I, I I gotta say, for me, it's tens across the board. That is not a usual uh, state Shit. for me, but um, physically, well, okay, I can give you a physical seven, but I'm giving myself a ten for the progress I've made. I've been on a weight loss journey. I've been eating fantastic, better. Fantastic, so, Thank you, thank you. Today I had Doritos and and an ice cream sandwich. But aside <laughs> from that, um, I've been really feeling good about myself physically and have had some non-scale victories as well. Wonderful. Um, intellectually, a 25 per usual. Um, emotionally good. I'm somebody that believes in therapy. Um, I'm somebody that utilizes therapy when, you know, when I need to. And, you know, right now I feel like I have the tools in my toolbox to get done what I need to get done and and to reach out when I need to reach out. And spiritually, um, as I believe I mentioned last time I was here, I am a Quaker. I've been very active in my community of late. The pandemic has really connected my various Quaker communities, both you know, people of color that are leaning on each other during these times, as well as my uh, my meeting, shout out to Friends Meeting of Washington. And um, you know, shout out to the Quakers worldwide for holding it down. Man, I hope we get a chance to talk about that a little bit in this particular episode. Uh, I've learned some things about the Quakers here lately that I find absolutely fascinating in a good way. Fantastic. Uh, for me this week, man, I am I'm doing actually pretty well this week, man. Physically, I'm about a eight or nine. So you know, every morning you have those little reminders that you're getting older. But outside of that, it hasn't been anything too strenuous. Intellectually, I'm where I need to be. I think I'm focused this week. I don't know why I've been, I've started the week off extra focused. I think because I have a couple of projects that I have lined up, which is a good thing. Uh, emotionally, today I did something that I had been hesitant to do for some time, but I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders and we can talk about that off air, but um, I'm feeling good about that this week. And Excellent. Spiritually, man, um. I'm, I'm being, I won't say I'm being tested necessarily, but, um, a couple of people that I'm close to, uh, have gone through losses, like seriously close losses. And it's, um, helped to put things in perspective for me and also made me, uh, made me tap into me, my evangelical roots and start being more prayerful, not just for me, but also with, with them in this time. Cause I know that they, they need it. They need some comfort. So it's pushing me in that direction. So I'm I'm good this week, man. At least to the start of the week. So, so to that. you said evangelical. You sure you wanna? No, listen, you know, my guy. I I only say that sure because that's the only uh, all, all my, I I grew I grew up <laughs> I grew up in a Pentecostal church. I've I've I'm not even I'm not gonna lie. At one point, I was on that seminary path, man. So it's it has been a that's hilarious. My my guy, I'm trying to tell you, man. Even sometimes now, I'll be very honest with you. My mother-in-law, who knows my journey, who has helped me to become certified in our church, um, she asks me where I am in my place in the church. Yeah. And not even just in the church, but how I interact with... She believes that I should be doing more event uh, evangelizing and I told her that that's not where I am right now. And it's difficult for some people to yeah, to hear yeah. that. You know what I mean? But that's another topic for yeah. another day. I but am a <clears throat> licensed preacher. I've been licensed in <laughs> two separate denominations. I was we're, on the class okay, so we're, we're not, I'm only in, I'm only in one. I'm, I'm behind. I'm behind. But uh, I'm only yeah, in one. I, yeah, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, you can't tell most days, but that's okay. I, Jesus loves I, me. I, I know. Uh, <laughs> No, we we get, we start. We already running our mouths. For we have had the pleasure of having one of my favorite light skinned gays on the show. Uh, but I do want to make sure that we reintroduce him to please. our audience. So please, Rashid, tell our listeners, our audience, about who you are and uh, what makes you so incredible. I thought you just said you were going to do that. So um, I, I thought he said that too. That's, that's what that, it sounded like to me. But yeah, I will, you shit. know, you know, I, I, I'm accustomed to carrying the weight in our relationship. <laughs> um, so God my name it. is Rashid Darden. My name is Rashid Darden. I am a novelist. I live in Conway, North Carolina. 
Uh, however, I spent the first 39 years of my life in Washington, D.C. I've been an educator. I've been a nonprofit fundraiser. Uh, I have worked at a university, but through it all, my writing is what has gotten me through. And I came down here to the country to focus on writing full time and and mission accomplished. I came out with a novel last year, an anthology. I had a monologue uh, performed at the Black Theater Network Festival last summer. And very recently I had a, I have a short story called Cotton Dreams that's been accepted to a, to a zine called Queer Space Force. So if you go to neonhemlock.com, they have copies of the zine available for pre-order. And it's, uh, it, it's my first real strict foray into science fiction. So I, it was, it was quite something to write something about, <laughs> to write a story about gay black folks in space. So, and everything yeah. I write is going to have gay main characters. It's, it's just who I am. It's, it's what I do. And I am committed to telling the stories that I should have been able to read when I was growing up. Interesting. Fantastic. All right. Elgin, please go ahead and start us off, man. Tell, tell us why we're here and why we're having this black light tonight. Man, if motherfuckers don't know by now, uh, it should be all up and down your timeline. Uh, pop artist uh, Little Nas X dropped a a video that has set <laughs> set the internet on fire. It has literally taken the internet to hell uh, <laughs> with some of the battles in the in the video. Uh, he is depicted as being in hell, uh, having sex with either the devil or one of the devils. I'm homies. sorry. Let's call a thing a thing. It was a lap dance. It was a lap dance. See, you all, see, let me tell you about straight people. He said words, words matter. He words matter. But make the shit worse than what it was. Y'all acting like he was rimming oh, Satan. Straight. Like, like he was rimming Satan. It's that's not what happened. It starts I off love that. in a not rimming Satan, but the fact that you said rimming Satan that was good. Thank yeah, you. I ain't Thank trying you. to rim Satan. No, Thank no. you. No, you kiss my ass though. But go ahead. what's good for the goose, right? So, here's let let's just we gotta set the tone. Lil Nas X is a black queer man yes. who is in entertainment, right? Very important. And what, what, one thing that I appreciate about him and those in his generation, and, and I'm talking about the people that aren't rich, that aren't famous, the people that are out here just living their lives as black queer folks. He don't give a fuck. At all. Oh. And no matter what you feel about the his lyricism, his cleverness, whether you feel that he's refined enough as an artist, all that to the side, the criticism of him is simply because he is a black queer man. Bottom line. Bottom that's line. that's all it is. Yeah, and, and let me yeah. tell you, I'm gonna tell you a little a little background story. So as I as I said, I write black gay stuff exclusively. And my first novel came out in 2005. I became an alpha in 2003. Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Mm -hmm. And I was a 23 year old alumni chapter initiate. And then my book came out. The book had been written in 2002. The book was about a gay dude that pledges a fraternity. I found myself on the campus of Howard University in 2005, shortly after my novel came out. Might've been 2006, I don't really, I, I, whatever it was, these undergraduate members of the fraternity took it upon themselves to surround me. Like they were mm. going to do something to me and say the founders would be rolling over in their graves if they knew you were writing about fraternity life like this. How dare you, surrounded me. I'm not going to say bullying because we weren't in a school setting. It, you know, I, I don't believe in adults bullying adults, but they were threatening. They were abusive and they were disgusting. And when I look at Lil Nas X out here simply telling black queer stories and seeing the Internet descend upon him 
like it's supposed to change his trajectory or his narrative. I'm taken back to that moment where motherfuckers mm. who were younger than me mm. thought that they could stifle my narrative. Mm. And I call them motherfuckers and not brothers, right? Because mm. brothers don't do shit like that. Facts. So when I see this, you know, people people get mad because we use these words like anti-racism and toxic masculinity and, and whatnot. But that's what the fuck it is. That's when you are a man who don't know how to mind your business and decide to use a religion as a crutch to say, well, no, what about the children? What about this? What? I don't want to hear that. The most sacrosanct thing that we've got going on in our government is that adults have the right to do adult shit, period. But all of a sudden, that's not the case when it's a black queer man. So I'm going to pause here because I feel like we're going to go in a lot of different directions. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know the tabernacle was going to be open, but I just, you know, I just had, I had, had to bless y'all. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I think you touched on a number of things that I, I hope we unpack a little further. The one that I think that I found was the most disturbing as someone who has faith, who has a, a particular alignment with a deity, whether we want to call it Christianity or not, to see how so many people begin to weaponize Jesus, weaponize Christianity, which doesn't need any help, by the way. Christianity right. doesn't need any help weaponizing itself because it's been used as a weapon. We know that. And weaponize the Bible, same thing, doesn't need any help. Mm -hmm. But they didn't do this shit on January 6th hmm. when the white motherfuckers were storming the Capitol. They didn't do it when the eight minutes and 46 seconds that the dude kneeled on George Floyd's neck. They didn't do this when they ran up in Brianna's crib. But all of a sudden, a black queer man expresses himself in an artistic fashion now all of a sudden we want to open up the gates of hell and begin to push motherfuckers in i find that so frustrating and infuriating that how we do that consistently and i saw motherfuckers up and down the timeline talking about boycott and nike you know never listen to i'm like so first of all Lil Nas X probably ain't making music for your ass to listen to in the first place. You ain't his target audience. The motherfucker is probably one of the greatest clapback artists I've seen on the he, internet. The listen, greatest. I, I, mean, I know I've seen greater. this dude slaughter many on Twitter today. That makes me laugh. It ain't right. a whole lot of shit that makes me laugh. But he was expressing himself, and I was just really upset that so many people were trying to cast this brother in to hell. I was very, very disturbed by this because we don't see this when legit sins are taking place. When legit things that we should be outraged and, and you know, an uproar about is taking place. Motherfuckers ain't trying to send people to hell then. So, and And if it was a queer black woman... I'm not sure that they would have had the same type of vitriol. Well, no, I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't think it would have been the same backlash at all. It wouldn't. Have, I don't think it would have been compared. Let, to, let's to be very honest the things you. in my life. Sorry, there's a little bit of a lag on my end. Um, the way that black women are treated and ignored and erased from the narrative, right? Just always, always, always. But let I I, I just I, I want to jump in here, Big L. What did you do with that upset? How did you stand in the gap for Lil Nas X? Oh, I expressed it. I had some conversations with people when I saw them taking place. Whether it be I didn't see it physically in real yeah. life because yeah. within my circle, that's just not tolerated. So that's yeah. not something. But yeah. on the internet, when I saw people sharing their bullshit, I didn't just go to the block mm -hmm. or to the mute. I jumped in their threads and gave him what I felt, you know, the truth and defended him and stood in the gap in that manner. It wasn't some just me being outraged and sitting on the sidelines. No, mm -hmm. I express and I ask questions from my queer family and queer, you know, community. How can I better 
engage and be someone who stands in a gap, not only in these types of situations, because these situations do occur on a broader level, but we know also this shit takes place on a macro, I mean, a micro level every day. And I'm not always aware of it because again, I am a straight dude and I don't pay attention to that. I, so I want to be more open. I want to know more and I admit my ignorance in areas that I'm not and I'm unsure about. 100%. And they educate me. They might cuss me out a little bit, but they educate me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think well, the, I mean, the, the we, show we might as well be over like... now. I mean, because I mean, honestly, this is this is what gay people need. We need people like you. And I'm gonna I'm gonna let you speak, oh, in a second. We need Thank people you, like you. <laughs> <laughs> we need straight folks to take the burden off because it's not my burden and it's not Nas's mm-hmm. burden. This is on y'all to fix, to deal with, and to let us just fucking live. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting that a lot of folks have uh, find it difficult to mind their business. <laughs> um, there is so much that you could possibly complain about that video about. None of it should be about his sexuality, to be quite honest with you. I know that there's a lot of complaints about this sneaker. None of what your complaints should be should have anything to do with any biblical reference or its association with Nas X and his and his his sexuality. Um, one of the things that I find very freeing about being a Christian is free will. That you can do and believe and say what you want, and you only you have to deal with it at the end of the day. A lot of people don't exercise that, man. They don't they don't exercise free will, or excuse me, I shouldn't say that. Exercise the belief that others have free will and that they're not going to make the same decisions that you are going to make. Um, I've been this week as we've been jumping into people's Twitter timelines and uh, Instagram timelines and so on. Many people have told me that I'm not a true Christian, or that I'm Thank I'm misinter- <laughs> I'm misinterpreting the 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 misinterpreting the Bible in this way or that way, or that if I was really about the book, that I would see what he is doing is wrong. And for me, whether what he's doing is wrong or not, at the end of the day, it's not for me to to say anything. And I can mind my business. So that video when it drops, that content's not for me. So I'm not going to watch it. What does that have to do with me? Those sneakers that he's pushing. And by the way, let's. Let, I want to make sure that we clarify something. I know that there's been a whole lot of backlash towards Nike. And I'm not here to represent or to, you know, to defend corporate you America. Got stock. You got stock in Nike. It's okay. I, I, I do. I do. Oh, but, that's not, but that's not the point. But a lot of people have been back giving a backlash to Nike. But Nike had nothing to do with this <laughs> at all. It was a collaboration, a coll- excuse me, a collaboration between uh, Mischief, MCFHF, yeah. and yeah. Little Nas X. What I find even more interesting about that whole dynamic is that in October of 2019, Mischief released Jesus Christ sneakers, same 97, mm-hmm. just in white mm-hmm. and blue, right? And they took 60 cc's of water from the River Jordan. And injected and them into the shoes. Shoe, shoe, shoe. And nobody, yeah. the shoes were fire, by the way, but nobody had anything to say about these sneakers at the time. No one said that that was sacrilegious. No one said it was misrepresentation. No one or said it was just regular ass water that they put in. That's, that's what I'm saying. It was just nobody had anything to say about it. Mind you, these shoes sold when they were, because they were custom sneaker, when they were released, they sold out in less than 10 minutes. And their resale at one point hit almost $4,000. Wow. Right now, they are going for about $1,600. Easy. But no one had anything to say at the time. But now, without people once again minding their business or at least doing some research first, they're about to boycott Nike. They're talking about how kids should no longer, their kids will never buy uh, buy another Little Nas X album again. Mind you, he's like, I was talking about uh, <laughs> sexual mis- misappropriation. And uh, what did he say? He said, I was talking about uh, 
sexual acts and lean in my in right. Old Town Road, but you right. you really your kids listen to it in the verse like, come on, people. Like it all of some of this yeah, just yeah. boggles my mind. But I mean if that's... little Nas X songs makes you want to suck dick, you wanted to suck dick before the before song. Before little Nas X song. <laughs> like that's, that's I can attest to that. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, it no, has but... nothing to do with the two. The whole idea of the, the, the gay agenda, this is gay agenda that out there that somehow there's a, a clandestine group of, you know, queer Powerful folk gay, who are white trying to, yeah. you know, instill. It's like, what? what so I, I want I want to speak to something that um that O said. You, you and I know you didn't necessarily mean it this way, but I, I'm I want to walk you down from what you said to the shoes. Okay. The video is for you. The video is for me, but the video is for you, and the video is for L. The video is to illustrate my interpretation, at least, to illustrate. Mm the ways in which a Christianity is used in an oppressive manner, right? So you have Nas in the beginning, okay. you know, mind his own business, the temptation, the serpent, all of that kind of stuff. And he's, you know, kind of androgynous too. So like there's there's the Eve motif. Um, I see. But how straight people's sins, and I'm very careful because being gay is not a sin period. Agreed. So- that that's we're not you know that's not what i'm equating here but the fact Agreed. that straight folks can sin and ascend right to heaven mm. kirk franklin can do what he does and says what he says to his own blood child well mm. he's not perfect i'm still gonna Ooh. listen to his music Ooh. let him ascend Ooh. let oh he gets to ascend Ooh. but but montero being Montero doesn't get that grace. Ooh, mm. But instead of <clears throat> drowning in the tears and in the depression, he says, fuck it. If I'm going, I'm going to, I'm sure we going on, on a pole all the way. <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way. Down. It was so absurd, right? It's absurd to see, right. but I'm looking, I'm like, this motherfucker's on the stripper pole going to hell. Yeah. It ain't doing a bad job. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and when he gets there, he is still being subversive. He he gives us, you know, like the same shit that, you know, Lizzo, Megan the Stallion, like all Madonna. Mm -hmm. I see you. Come on, Madonna, who pr pretty much jacked herself off on stage to like a virgin in the Blonde Ambition tour. Yes, she did. Only to immediately end and say, God. And go into like a prayer. That was a wonderful scene, by the way. But so you see him encountering the devil, giving him the lap dance in his drawers, and killing the devil. Only to say, took control of hell, killed the devil, buy my sneakers. Mm. Mm. How is that not? I'm not going to say it's genius. But it is a shrewd business decision, the mm. likes of which Prince, who flirted with androgyny and and bisexuality, presentation. Am I black or white? White? Am I straight or gay? I don't know. You tell me, Mister mm. Nelson. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. All pop stars have not only pushed the envelope; they've all engaged with religion. Mm. And yeah, that's yeah, not because yeah. they worship the devil. That's because organized religion is fucking oppressive in the first place. Yeah, yeah. It's not them. Yeah. It's a religion. Yeah, yeah. So Nas has now emerged as triumphant over the oppressive church and hell. Yeah, yeah. And is now like, now buy my shoes. Yeah. Like, now I ain't gonna buy the shoes, but I see the narrative. I get yeah. you. I can dig it. I and when we look at music, it just period as a genre, particularly black music, whether it be the blues, whether it be the Negro spirituals, whether it be hip hop, 
interlaced with all of those genres has always been spirituality, has always been religion, has always been questioning. I mean, we just pick one artist. We can pick Tupac. Most of Tupac's on every CD, there was at least three or four songs where he is questioning God's presence, God's role in suffering, God's role in the hood. DMX, every album has a song where he and the devil, a demon, are going back and forth having a discussion about the demon's influence on. And then he follows it up with an actual song where he's giving God praise. That has always been within the context of black music. Black music. Yep. Yep. It's always been questioning God and challenging God. What little Nas X has done has been is nothing new. It's, we just live in a different state in a different time where we have a larger media outlet where we, ha- it, it just went, you yeah. know, back then you had to buy the CD, you had to buy the tape, you had to rewind, you had, you had to, to word word word. Maybe you, you had to see a couple articles exactly. later on. And yeah, now that joint can drop at two o'clock and be viral by two 30. And, and it's by design because yeah. Nas is a genius of social media. Oh, he's, I'll he give him that. He, he is. That. He is he the king of the trolls. Yeah, he's he he knows that social media that there that it is no accident that the shoes and the video like all of it came out sequentially. You read about that. You read he about is that. just as calculated as Prince and Madonna were, and like I I, I give it to him. Now there are parts of the video not content wise, but I do think that the quality suffered in places. I'm just kind of like. Is that what broke the devil's neck? <laughs> that little weak ass twist. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay, okay, Montero. <laughs> you, okay. You, you, you could, you he could have ch- uh, crunched a macaroni chip and given us a sound effect. You oh. stupid. You stupid. But, let you me know. let me ask you this question, man. I think part of, and please forgive me because I will admit that I am a, an ignorant straight man. Okay. I try to be. Yeah, I've been the best. trying to get you to admit that for I don't know how long. I didn't. I it, it, I didn't Damn hear it. how it, it when it came out. Finally, it, finally. When it came out, yes. it was it was too late. What it was, minute mark is this? It was too late. Okay. But I do realize that I, there's a level of ignorance that I have when it comes to the community itself, and I, as someone who's trying to be a better ally, sometimes I do find it difficult to have these conversations. Hmm. Uh, I have a, and not necessarily because I don't want to have the conversations. Elle knows me very well. Hmm. And if you watch the show, you know that I'm willing to have these conversations regardless of where they may go. But I know that there are a lot of gay people that take the stance that many black people take when it comes to talking about racism and white supremacy. It's like, it's not my job to educate you. And I'm like, who else is going to educate me if not you? Because I'm trying to get, I'm trying to fill in the gaps that that separate us. Outside of me being able to affect, I tell my wife all the time that I have a PhD in minding my business. But at at the same time, I know that there are times when minding my business is not enough. Sometimes you have to jump in people's timeline and DM and straighten them out. How do you think it is a the most effective way to have that conversation, me as a straight black man with someone who might be gay, bisexual, queer, however they describe themselves, and try to help fill in the gaps. So I don't, I literally don't understand your question. You want to know. I apologize. I'm sorry. I'll try and make myself clear. I remember not too long ago, I had a conversation. It it was quite a while ago now, I guess maybe about two or three years. Um, The term cis arose Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i have some facebook friends that are bisexual gay and i didn't understand the this new delineation of cis non-binary and all these other things and i'm trying to have conversations with people that are in the community to try and understand what this means where it's applicable and all of these things and i was bombarded with nah i'm that's not for us to describe to you you have google go read google i'm like Oh, okay. I mean, I guess, but at the same time, you there are people that want to have these this type of engagement and not just learn about the community, but then also in turn, hopefully, learn how to be better allies to the community. How do you think this is the most effective way for me as a straight man to approach having these conversations to try and learn and fill in the gaps? Or is it just 
go to Google. I mean, I, I'm I hope I'm being clear. I hope I didn't go myself it's, in a circle. So like go to Google. That's that's what I was told. And, and, and really I, I, I don't told. mean it, you know, kind of in a flippant sort of way, but in, in one of my um Quaker meetings, and we, we call worship, you know, meeting for worship. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a woman who delivered a message or a testimony, if you will, about a white woman about how she was unpacking racism at her job, and the racism showed up as a white person describing a black person as well-spoken. You and I know why it is problematic and stems from white supremacy, why it's problematic for us to be called well-spoken. Sure. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, yeah, girl. Yep. Good for you, white lady. You know, just kind of (laughs) like moving on. This other white woman who's, who's a, a member of the meeting, out of nowhere just comes up to me after the meeting and says, well, I think it's a compliment to be called well-spoken. Why would that be racist? And I just was like, (laughs) you need to ask the woman that said it. Like, and I literally haven't really spoken much to this woman since because it was so off-putting as egregious as Sharon Osbourne demanding of Cheryl Underwood not to cry. Well, you explain it and don't you dare cry. Mm. So my thing is you've got friends, you've got acquaintances, you've got supporters and followers, and you have people that are solely connected to you on the internet. Yeah. You know, which ones to ask. You know which ones you. I can. Mis- I, I know I misread. I misread. Then you know how it is typically on the internet too. You and misread and you get a whole. Once one person starts in on something, you get the the onslaught. So and and, and you know what? You have the privilege to be okay after the onslaught, because what you felt in that moment being chin checked by them people is nothing compared to being surrounded by your own fraternity brothers who explicitly won't support your work. I can dig it. I can dig it. And if if Montero can receive millions, millions of people telling him he's going to hell and he's all of 20-something, you're going to be all right. And I don't mean to minimize your actual emotions. But you literally have centuries of privilege as a straight man behind you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned that part about the millions of people sending him to hell. But one of the tweets, and I can't remember the tweet verbatim that he put out that I found so troubling, but I can also connect to it because I know a. a, a I got a family member who experienced something similar. He talked about the trauma that he experienced within the church uh, as being young and, and, and queer, young and learning about where he was, who he was, and the condemnation that the church placed upon him. It was almost like, Everything that he said and did in the video validated Hmm. his experience that he felt. And I'm reading the tweet. I'm like, none of you dumbasses are able. You you mean to tell me you can't connect the two? You can't connect what he's saying and what the art he's showing and sit back for a moment and say, no, 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 no. He's not the problem. We have been the problem. But I, I think Christianity, within particularly westernized Christianity, is mm. so individualistic. It is is so me, me, me. Your personal relationship with Jesus, you're minding my own business. We, we, we that's all a part of westernized Christianity that we lack the ability to have a communal attitude when we see someone hurting. So. We take this position, they take this position where, okay, he's chosen this path. He's chosen to be going to hell. He's chosen hell. So we're just going to push him. I was just like, 
man, I know black women who have been kicked out of the church because they got themselves pregnant. I've known queer black women, queer black men who have been ostracized and used because they had a particular talent within the church. They was able to use that particular talent. But when it comes to them ascending to a certain level of ministry, no, 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 no. You can't do that because you are doing that. But it's okay for Bishop so-and-so to be doing so-and-so. It was just, Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, the trauma component. I, I yeah. think the trauma, the church trauma, and I'm not going to use church hurt because it's 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 not strong enough. Hmm. Yeah, the, it's the trauma, church, for sure. the, the trauma that the church causes and inflicts is on full display with little Nas X. But instead of us providing a space of healing, we provide more condemnation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess a larger question also, and we were saying that we would get into this as a full-blown Quaker, as someone who is religious. Um, I'm not familiar with Quakerism, I guess if that's the correct terminology, but at the that's same time, I, okay. but I am familiar with the evangelical community and how it does treat gay and queer people. How does, how would you say that you were able to balance the two because i know as you're growing up you hear no 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 and I'm, i don't mean no, that disparagingly I, I, no, no, what i'm asking is that way I just, what i'm is what i'm asking yeah. is that for all of your life i i'm assuming as you're growing up you heard these words of condemnation about if you are gay that x y and z is going to happen to you and somehow some way you were able to shirk that off and be your best you in spite of all that, it's there's the difference between I th- maybe it's me overstating it, but I think there's a difference between the condemnation of an individual and saying that you have the condemnation of of the creator on your back to say that you are not worthy of being you. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a different balance. So how, how were you able to balance it to? So I am not a birthright Quaker. That means I am a convinced Quaker, which means I found it as an adult. And so I did grow up in a black church in a black Baptist church that was in a small, a small convention um, that wasn't really engaged strongly with other uh, black churches network other than uh, this kind of union of choirs that they had. So we had certain uh, churches that we would visit. My church was not aggressively homophobic, but it was traumatically silent. And there there was never a, a sermon from the pastors that I could remember that was like, you know, you're going to hell for being gay in particular. But there there was, you know, you're going to hell for something, you know. So <laughs> it, okay. it's, it, it is not... It, I don't think it's a theologically affirming church, although I do believe the pastor that's there now. And and he has said as much that, you know, it doesn't matter that you're gay. We want you to be here. Um, so so I think that is growth. And I think that, you know, just being in an urban setting and, you know, you're just going to know more people and these churches are dying off. So they kind of better get with the program when it comes right, to right. recognizing people where they are. Um But that said, for all of your listeners that are in black churches, I really want to refer you to a website, prideinthepews.com. And it is a grassroots collective of gay folks that are in the church. And this website, prideinthepews.com, has a lot of information. It has a directory of queer affirming churches and inclusive churches, but it has some stats on it. Um, So there's like eight historically black religious denominations Zero of them are queer affirming. Um, 80% of black folks identify as Christian and more than half attend black denominations. I'm in the less than half that doesn't attend a black denomination. And um, of course, 12% of black Americans identify as, you know, being in the LGBT community. So they have a lot of initiatives like the Can I Get a Witness Project and, you know, this database. So follow them on Twitter, uh, go to their website, and there are affirming positive churches out there for gay black people, some of which are founded by gay people and others are founded by straight people that have woken up. Mm. My particular Mm. journey, uh, you know, I I was Baptist growing up. I really looked into Islam when I was in college, 
never made the commitment, but learned a whole lot about it. And really, as I got into my 30s, I just was still on this journey that I felt like I needed to be someplace. And the Quakers were that place. Quakers, by and large, are not all of them and not everywhere, but many meetings are progressive. Uh, most meetings recognize same-sex uh, unions, marriages. Um, but it wasn't always like that. Just like a lot of Quake, a lot of people are like, oh, the Quakers, Underground Railroad, abolition. I mean, some of them mm. like so even a lot of Quakers have to stop sort of patting themselves on the back about abolition. Like, yeah, Quakers were very early to the abolition game and were kicking people out of their meetings if they held slaves. Um, the Quakers where I live now in North Carolina had to be very careful about how they uh, freed their folks because you couldn't just free somebody in North Carolina because you could be put back into slavery. You could be considered like well, you ain't got an owner. Guess I own you now. Mm. And, you know, so Quakers would then deed their slaves to the meeting so that they'd be owned by somebody on the record, even though they were sort of living free. For me, wow. being in a faith community that was quiet, Quakers worship in silence for the most part, that did not have clergy. Quakers don't typically have ministers or pastors that views Everybody as capable of preaching, if you will. Everybody's capable of delivering a message from God. And it is diverse depending on where you go. It's not diverse everywhere. And I think any predominantly white uh, denomination is not necessarily going to be diverse. Right. But I view it as a community that is constantly trying to be better. So my faith home, we don't have bad preachers because we don't have preachers. It's just mm, not. I see you. I and see and you. if we're giving a, a, a bad message, you will get checked. You mm. will get what they call eldered. Mm. And like, it, it, we kind of don't play that shit. Um, it's different wherever you go, you know, and in rural areas, sometimes it, it definitely looks different and looks more like a traditional uh, white Protestant experience. But it has worked for me. I think worshiping in silence really centers me. Hmm. And, you know. Explain that part, though. What is worshiping in silence? Because when I think of it, I, I literally just think of you inside of yourself offering praise, worship, adoration, whatever term we want to use to a higher power with no music, no instruments, no nothing in the background. Yeah, that's about it. Oh, okay. So, so we, we, we go to the meeting <laughs> Most meeting houses, if they have pews, instead of being set up one behind the other, they're set up either in a circle or in a square with the opening in the middle. Oh, I love that. God, and uh, so we come in, we sit. Um, some people stare kind of straight out. And, you know, it, it's kind of weird the first time because you're like, what are you looking at? Because you think about prayer, you think about this. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. So, but they just kind of sit in silence and you literally wait, you wait in the silence for God to deliver whatever message that he has for you. And honestly, it doesn't necessarily come every week. Sometimes you're just sitting there and your mind wanders yeah. too much. And sometimes you, like when I first received a message that I felt was from God and, and, you know, some, some by the way, sometimes those messages are just for you. Sometimes, yeah, I was going to say that. Sure. Yeah. So, and sometimes you're compelled to get up and speak. So they call that some people call that vocal worship, vocal ministry. Mm. Um, And then, you know, I go to the nine o'clock because they're they're more likely to worship in absolute silence. And the 1030 is the one they everybody, everybody the rowdy one. The rowdy. They, they're a little they're a little popcorn. I'm going to pop up and say something now. Um, But for me. <laughs> Uh, and it's, I mean, because of that, I'm worshiping with white people, and it, it's, yeah, it's that's weird. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's gonna be a different experience from like when you go to like a, 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 a devotional service in a black church, you know, like that's that's something special. And what you're you know, describing right now, in terms of your experience in a Quaker, and we, I don't want to get too far off the topic, but what you're experience, what you're explaining exactly right now, just seems what he does. My God, this that sounds like a completely different world. I mean, I grew up it in a Pentecostal African phenomenal. church where there was just there was always something. 
Like in my in the church that I grew up, the Pentecostal church that I grew up was called CNS Cherubim and Seraphim Church, right? Okay. That tells me everything I need. So we're we're all done, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know by now, we wore you wear uniform. Men and women sit on different sides of the church. Um, I mean, there are there was. you can just smell the oppression in the air. Goodness. <laughs> there's yes. a lot. There's a lot of. There's a lot of focus on the Holy Spirit and intervention, it and True. it's it's very very fascinating. Like, no, you, I know that a lot of folks joke, black people joke mm-hmm. about going to church and being in a evangelical church and you being there for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. You come to a CNS, fucking. <laughs> you come to a CNS. Uh, oh, that's a conference. Uh, uh, so you're going to be there man. for five six hours. I did no some joke. ministry in the Pentecostal church, and it was literally like a three-day workout. My and God. I mean, I'm like, first You physically off, have to be I ready. I am exhausted, yeah. and I haven't done anything in here, but watch y'all run back and forth. I am exhausted just yeah. watching yeah. you. Yeah. Hey, can, yeah. I, can I give a quote? I want to give a quote. It's 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 on my heart, and you know I, I'm a fan of early '90s, early 2000s R and B, and the the fusion, and and I think Genuine has a song called "Take Away." Okay, and mm. and, 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 and the Beautiful lyric song, that pops right out is "Take away the golden platinum chains. I'm gonna love mm-hmm. you anyway." I feel like that's what Jesus is saying to me. I can dig it. I and can dig and it. that's why like being in a Quaker meeting is so refreshing for me because I don't have to dress up. Nobody's dressing up. Nobody's, you know, marching around to put money in a plate or worse, money at the feet of a pastor. Oh, man. Like, there's, and I'm not saying I'm not begrudging black churches for having traditions. I miss the traditions. I'm like, listen, eating. Food that's bad for you after a long church day. <laughs> I miss that. Let me tell you something. I love me some Quakers, but Quakers can't cook. So I, I'm just I'm putting it out there. If any Quakers are watching this, I'm sorry. I love you. I need fried chicken. Need Don't fried worry. Chicken. L's gonna take that bullet for you. He's always <laughs> I, getting the I, damn letters. Like I need to almost die. But that said, it, it's. In today's world, that hour of simplicity means the world to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel that there are many congregations, not just black, because come on, Catholic Church, y'all got so much money. You got blinged out popes and cardinals and, and, and statues mean, and statues and, and stained glass windows. You know and, that there was recently a, a large debate. Um, with the new pope, I always forget his name, but he's been the most progressive Tito. of the. Yeah, yeah, he's been the most progressive, and he's. I know that there's been backlash for him because he did say that they would not be sanctioning gay marriages, but at the same time, he then he got backlash from that. But at the same time, he also got backlash from the church because he refused to increase the pays of any. Um, cardinals bishops and going down for it because i think they've been getting steady increases in their pay like every three or four years and he's like now nah, we're not going to be doing that any longer i so, was just now years old when i realized they get a salary oh really oh i thought they just got like free room and board and was oh, like no nah, they're not monks my guy that's nah, a totally oh, different thing nah, nah. They, they get money patronage Oh, for you know <laughs> facts mm-hmm. i think at the end of the day man <laughs> Like I was saying before, I think there there's a beauty in being able to mind your business and to be able to be who you are within that space, right? Like to say that someone is less than because they think or feel or believe a certain way that doesn't abide with something that your ancestors may have told you sparingly or whatever the case is. I mean, it rationally, it doesn't make any sense. Um I don't know what's left for Little Nas X at this point. He is the king of trolls because this whole video was really a troll, like the Christian right. Like that's it was really meant to rile these folks up, and it like worked. you said, it, it worked <laughs> like shit. So hopefully they they keep being mad. I guess like he said, keep being mad, keep being keep being upset. Uh-oh. People gonna buy these sneakers and all that other shit. Let's let's not let's not do Nas the the disservice of 
not also acknowledging this is for people that needed to see themselves in something. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So like, yeah, it's a troll, but it also made me as a 41 year old, I know you can't believe it, but as a 41 year old openly gay man who could not be, I don't actually don't know how old he is, but I couldn't be as open my freshman year in college as I was my sophomore year or my junior year. And I want the person that's 15 that's watching it. And I don't necessarily want them to be like, I can go be a lap dancer too. I right, right. I can that, it. <laughs> but I want them to know Same that they're still brother. a yeah. person. Yeah, I can do it. They're still a person when a universe of people out there don't want us to exist. Mm. And Nas is saying, we're here. Nas is saying, you're going to take this pole dance. You're going to take these wigs. And, you're gonna and, take these high leather boots too. <laughs> listen, and you're going you're gonna love it or you're gonna live with it. Right, right, right. Those right. are the options. Uh, Rashid Darden, I cannot say thank you enough for coming in, educating educating me. I know L thinks he's elevated. I won't I won't bother with that. But for ed- coming in and educating me, where can these great people find you if they'd like to find you? I mean, buy this man's books, please. Yeah, no bullshit. Please, See, he's about to I plug, do. so come on, let the man plug. Go ahead. Go ahead, well, Rashid. Like I said, like the early 2000s, you can catch me at the hot spot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if that would It went anyway, over some people said. But uh, I'm, Rashid, I'm Rashid Darden on all platforms, on, on uh, Instagram, on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook as Rashid Darden. You might find several Rashid Darden pages because I am but a sliver of the troll that uh, Lil Nas X is. <laughs> Please visit my website, oldgoldsoul.com. But if you want my books, just look up my name on Amazon. I've got eight books and two short stories. And, you know, just connect with me. Just reach out. Like, you know, the, I, never, I don't suffer fools gladly. Um, so so don't, don't bring me no bullshit when you contact me. But feel free to contact me. Feel free to follow me. Read my books. All gay, all the time. And um. And I, too, am on Patreon, and I want to plug Patreon for y'all. Y'all, if you love In the Black Podcast, $5 a month. It really goes further than you think, and it's not so much the dollar amount that you give. Just give. Like, imagine what In the Black Podcast can be doing if 100 people put $5 on this. These cameras ain't free. This internet connection ain't free. Like, I really respect what y'all are doing here. I respect the hustle because I'm somebody that uses Patreon as well. And if not for the generosity of all, I, I have about 100 folks that are like, you know what? Here's five on it. Here's 25 on it. And, you know, I, I have one patron that's a teacher. Ooh. And and she gives there's a handful of people that give the most. And I'm I'm just in awe of the fact that she believes in me to the point that she gives what she does. But it's just important that you give. So if you one of these, what, 18, 20, 30,000 people following them on Facebook. Listen, if just a thousand of y'all stepped up. You know, so yes, I am marching around in my white missionary outfit. <laughs> take that, take with that. Collection plate showing you these dollars. Because in the black podcast deserves that and so much more. Because where else can you get all this good content where you know you you get you know you get who you get and you get me sometimes? I mean, come on, come on. So so y'all really really look out. Cash app is fine, but make that commitment to being a monthly uh, patron. No doubt, no doubt. Rashid, I can't say thank you enough, man. It's unfortunate that I have to go to this dude to close it out, but I want to say thank you for coming on the show, taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you got better things to do than to chop it up with ignorant folks like us, but we really That's appreciate it. That's correct. <laughs> you just the door open for him to come this, in like that. I don't me, know what the... I'm going, bro, there's there's gonna hang around. He don't hang let around with light-skinned dudes enough. Like, exit, from, exit from recording. <laughs> <laughs> good folks where they can find you if they'd like to find you man, man uh, Twitter and Instagram at Elgin Bailey no doubt and I'm big O Mr. In the Black himself you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MR underscore in the black and I want to thank you guys for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast you could have been anywhere else in the world but you chose to kick with us and we appreciate it remember to follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook Twitter Instagram and as always informed Intelligent in the, in the black. black. Peace.
Hands down, one of the best podcasts I ever heard, though. Word. Bretrix, what up? I done bread, I block up, he Listen. In the black podcast, like your lad, it's all facts. You don't like that, then fall back. In the black podcast, don't talk trash. You switch fast if you ain't raw, then you're whack. Informed, intelligent elements, always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate. This is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence. Rest of them are excrement. In the black podcast, the truth like the testament. Don't know, black up, he bro, man, a specialist. Know what the podcast broadcast, y'all mess with this. Like, said they my cheat, who no do it so effortless. I listen to my learn when them listen to my benefit reporting current events everything that is prevalent this is so exquisite a scientific experiment giving you the news not fused without evidence telling you the truth sentiments without embellishments relax these are the facts bringing them to your residence in your house or your tenement listen to hear intelligence body filled with melanin power that's so acetylene bright in the stars bringing some light back to the desolate yeah. In the black podcast, and your lad is all facts. You don't like that, then fall back. In the black podcast, the panther pull up and watch black up in your chat, Mickey on flap. In the black podcast, and your lad is all facts. You don't like that, then fall back. In the black podcast, we outlast. The whole of them can, none of them no contrast. Yeah.